my women, don't forget about the dame. This is not the most the king, y'all. It's about a thing. Hi, you all. I want to thank you for joining me for the first episode of The B is for Black. And you're here with your host, Savannah B. And the B is quite literally for Black. <laughs> I am super excited to be bringing you guys this podcast. In this podcast, we're really just going to be taking a look at Black women. And we're going to be taking a look at their demographic in the context of psychopathology. And before I even lose anybody, psychopathology is just the scientific word for the study of mental disorders. And so we're really going to be taking a dive into um, black women's representation and, you know, the manifestation of some of these disorders in black women. And the reason that I chose this demographic is because typically researchers choose choose demographics and choose things to study that are closely or something that that is of interest to them and for myself I am a black woman so this demographic is especially interesting to me because these are things that I feel like as a black woman I should be in the know about but it's also interesting to see how the symptoms and um, diagnostic techniques differ from for black women in comparison to white women, other women, um, even men, even black men, even just men in general. So the dynamics is something that I was interested in. And I really kind of want to bring you guys along for my experience in trying to dive into an understanding of this demographic's experiences with psychopathology. And so originally, obviously, it started for this assignment that I have for my class and I went about it in the typical way that I look do most searches when I'm looking for things for myself so I go to my school's library tab and I start to type in psychopathological disorders like schizophrenia for example and then I just added black woman at the end which is what I do that's what I do on Pinterest that's what I do on Google that's how that's how you know to you're gonna get the tailored results that you're looking for so I go ahead and I do my tailor you know that's not my usual search um, <laughs> measures and I click search and I get thousands of articles back you know typical standard but as I as I'm scrolling through these results that I'm seeing, I'm I'm understanding and I'm looking and I'm starting to see that it looks like we missed the mark, okay? I, I don't really see any, and I'm just looking at titles and, and really kind of glimpses of these articles. And I'm just like, hmm, it doesn't look like they're really talking about black women here. And just to, just to also throw this concept in here, the reason that I'm using black women instead of African-American is because some of the research that I'm going to be talking about and some of the content that I'm going to be talking about is not just specifically tailored to African-American women. And so I think using the term black in this context allows me to uh, encompass a wider variety of research and people that I'm talking about. So that's a clarification that I did want to make. But 
continuing back with my story, you know, I'm like, you know, it doesn't look like there's these studies are really focusing on black women. They're mentioning them or they might be part of a subject group, but they don't seem to be the focus. So then I go to Google, you know what I do best. I go to Google to get my questions answered. And so I'm looking for like a way to refine, you know, a scholarly data set results. So they give me all the tips and tidbits that I need. So I'm adding, you know, and in capital words. So now I'm like black women and schizophrenia and I'm putting, you know, not in there, like not looking for these keywords. So I'm, you know, I am, you know, pulling out the stops and I'm like, I just know that once I press search, I'm about to get all of the articles that I am looking for and they're about to pop up. So I'm excited, you know, and I'm like, this, this has to be it. So I go ahead and I press search and I'm looking at the screen and the screen is sitting there like, and I'm just like, if I had music playing in the background of my life, this is the song that would actually be playing. And so I think that this moment and the reason for me sharing that story with you guys is that this was the first moment that I realized just how underrepresented black women are in the field of psychopathology. And it's important for us to understand that their underrepresentation is not indicative of their immunity to uh, uh, from mental disorders. It's And it's not even that black women are not affected by these disorders. It's not that they have less experience, like less traumatic experiences, or oftentimes there's this common theme of like black women are so resilient. Like they're very strong. Like everybody has heard the, I'm a strong, independent black woman who doesn't need no man kind of propaganda and um, kind of just common belief about black women and their strength and resilience in that they are able to endure, you know, more hardships than other women or other demographics because they're built to be strong. They're built to overcome. They're built to be these kind of way makers. And that is such a harmful, um, though it's flattering, it's a, it's a harmful way to examine black women's experiences, especially when it comes to mental disorder, mental disorders and their, you know, representation and manifestation and what they may look like in a black woman whose culture, um, in the black culture, as well as just cultural norms, as far as American culture goes and the beliefs that can impact how people are perceiving or interpreting their experiences as well as even sharing their experiences with, you know, doctors or with mental health specialists who can help them with disorders. Because again, we're going to talk about it in further future research, but even just black women's reporting of certain disorders is significantly lower than women of other races and ethnicities. And so I think that has a lot to do with that kind of thought process of, or that idea that black women are strong, black women don't need help, black women got it, black women will keep the everybody 
in check in order that black women will take care of their families their you know everybody around them they're going to make sure everybody around them is good and then they'll take care of themselves and i think that is a potentially dangerous way to live and it's certainly not sustainable and i think that also the lack of understanding how that kind of culture and those ideas are affecting black women because of the lack of research in the field of psychopathology, I think it leaves room for a lot of black women and disorder and their mental disorders to be either misdiagnosed, overdiagnosed, or significantly underdiagnosed. So now that we kind of have this understanding that black women are, you know, just completely underrepresented in the field of psychopathology now we can start to get to talk about some real disorders and kind of what of the information and content and and that I was able to gather because I don't want to give the misconception that there is no research out there because there absolutely is research out there and I think that a lot of the research that is going on that I read that I found to be super impactful was also research that was done by black women and so I think a bigger theme here also is just that it's important to have people in the field studying this content and especially black people black women studying this content because there's just a different understanding that you can bring when you are in the know about some of the norms and things that are complex to explain and Now, you do have to be mindful of conflicts of interest as well as, you know, um, biases that that might cause you to bring into a research setting. But that's just me like pointing it out that it's really important for people who understand the culture to be studying the culture as well because I think it's very easy for things to get lost in translation when there are cultural differences and there are things that might be missed that someone who has experienced that culture in an authentic form beyond a research setting is able to pick up on and notice and explain better than somebody who's never experienced things like that but as I said getting into a specific disorder we can even talk about um, depressive disorders so there is research like I said I don't want you to think that there is not research out there but as far as depressive disorders in black women the prevalence I actually found a study that was examining depressive disorder so in this particular study that I found, it really just brings home the points that I'm making here in that one, in the article, they flat out address the fact that there's just not a ton of research going on on this demographic. But what they are talking about in this article, talking about depressive disorder in African-Americans and more specifically African-American women, and again, I'm using that specification because this study actually focused on African-American women, so specifically American, African-American women. So yes, um, but they were talking about the neighborhood context. And so they were talking about how one's neighborhood and environment can also play a role in the um, presentation of depression and what it might look like. And so they address that African-Americans are disproportionately you know, exposed to social and economical um, conditions that are considered to be risk factors for depression. 
and psychiatric disorders. And so those are things that are happening in the day-to-day life. And so it's all it was mind-boggling to me that there's an awareness of risk factors for this these disorders, you know, depressive disorder, things like trauma, things like high stress levels, these um, experiences are all risk known risk factors. And it's also known that African Americans are disproportionately exposed to these risk factors. And yet there's still just a lack of research going on on the correlation of the two. And to me, that just blew my mind because I'm just like, how do we know these two things? But there's just not a ton of work being done to connect those two. And again, that just comes as just disregard and just, you know, not really considering or maybe even finding value in considering these experiences of African Another idea that was discussed in this study specifically is the idea of the de- of the population that was sampled recent onset of major depressive disorder so that's a specific um, that's a specific kind of depressive disorder characterized by having at least five of the following symptoms for longer than a two-week period and this is according to the dsm-5 so it's going to be either depressed mood it can be diminished interest or loss of pleasure in almost all activities significant weight change so that can be appetite disturbances sleep disturbances psychomotor agitation or retardation fatigue or loss of energy feelings of worthlessness diminished ability to think or concentrate so like indecisiveness as well and recurrent thoughts of death recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan or a suicide attempt or specific plan for committing suicide so five of those symptoms presenting at the same time do you know for longer than a two-week period and also one of those symptoms must be diminished interest or pleasure or depressed mood and so yes so for the rates of recent onset of this major major depression they were significantly higher among women who lived in neighborhoods where there was widespread poverty and social disorder and so again that goes along with the concepts of us understanding these risk factors that specific demographics are experiencing at higher rates and the effects on their mental health and in this situation you see how their environment is contributing to these mental disorders and so that's something to be aware of and to understand and I think that another part to note from this and this is something that I gather through my own research in that uh, uh, there's not a ton of research being done on the demographic but there also is a focus within the demographic so the studies that are on this black demographic of black women it focuses a lot on urban low income low SES black women and so there's potential harm there in assuming their experience to be the standard or the the normal 
as far as experiences because as you can imagine you know these why people who are exposed women who are exposed black women who are exposed to these you know highly stressful widespread poverty um social disordered environments are you know experiencing these risk factors at extremely high rates and numbers and there's high exposure to these events and so that shouldn't be taken as the standard in which all black women should be assessed or expected to behave or react to certain scenarios and so again with there being this kind of focus on a specific subset of black women it's hard again to be able to ensure that the findings are going to have that external validity um, across black women as a whole as opposed to it just being these findings being relevant to the specific targeted population that a lot of studies seem to examine Ultimately, the point that I'm trying to get across in explaining this and even just examining black women and even just depression and depressive disorder is to show that cultural context, especially that research study that I was discussing, cultural context plays a role. It plays a role 100% in these disorders. It plays 100% in the risk factors that people are exposed to. And so these are things that have to be considered for us to be able to provide, and by us, I'm really saying for practitioners, to be able to provide holistic and comprehensive care for their patients. Because to act as if race does not play a role, or race or ethnicity does not play a role in somebody's day-to-day life, their day-to-day experiences, how they experience you know, their own disorders, struggles, stress, how they deal with these coping mechanisms would be would would be overlooking a huge piece and that's not something that you can do especially when you're trying to give holistic care care comprehensive care and i think the takeaway message for black women who may be potentially listening to this is that sometimes it's I, no, not sometimes all the time it's really important for you all to be taking time to be mindful and check in with yourself. And I'm not saying that in a manner of, you know, you can fix your own mental health disorders, but I'm saying that in that because people and practitioners may not be aware, it's it, it almost comes down to you and that's not fair. It's not right, but it comes down on you all to be able to voice your concerns, your experiences, and to be able to advocate for yourself. And so checking in with yourself, making sure, you know, when you notice that things are not right, being able to have the awareness to be able to speak up for yourself and sometimes possibly have to educate a practitioner on behalf of yourself and your health and your wellness. It's something that's uh, unfortunate because there should be, as the field is developing, there should be care that is mindful of the cultural considerations. But until there is, it's important for 
us as black women to be able to advocate for ourselves, advocate for our health, advocate for our mental health, advocate for our wellness. And we can only do that if we are aware of changes, if we're aware. My major hope is that this episode serves as kind of an introductory episode so that you guys understand the demographic that I'm exploring and also the challenges in exploring this demographic that I faced trying to bring you all this information and hopefully you feel that you're kind of on the same wavelength and I appreciate you guys tuning in for episode one where they at though that's the title of this episode Um, and I hope that you join us for our next episode which is going to be there's beauty in the struggle